Hello again listeners and welcome to another edition of the Just Checking In podcast. This podcast as always is brought to you by Vent, a place where everyone, but especially men and boys, can open up about their mental health issues, break down stigmas and start conversations. I'm your host Freddie Cocker and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of Vent. As you may know by now, each pod I check in with a special guest. We have Renata about all things mental health as well as anything and everything else they're passionate about. If it helps that person with their mental health, we'll discuss it. On to my special guest now, and this chap is someone I've wanted on the pod ever since I started it. His infectious and warm personality makes him a joy to be around, and the energy he gives to people always makes them feel good about themselves, including myself. I'd also feel fairly comfortable in saying he's someone who is loved and admired by just about every single person in our local community. That man is Mr. Lloyd Taylor. Lloyd currently works as a studio manager at the Woods Studios and as a marketing manager at Structural Engineers. He's also fairly recently returned to the UK after doing some travelling around the world, some boogieing in far-flung and exotic places, and making memories for life, which uh, I can't say I'm not jealous about. Lloyd, welcome to the Just Checking In pod, mate. First of all, how are you? I'm very well, Fred. Thank you for having me. No worries. Exciting, isn't it? Absolute pleasure to be here. Oh, so privileged. I'm I'm so privileged I can have you on. Yeah, well. Um, So the listeners have an idea of how we first met each other do you want to clue them in because um i haven't got the foggiest idea how we got introduced that is a good question fred i don't know exactly i'm same as you too many encounters to remember the exact Mm. first one but um you know, I've got some hazy memories of Christmas Eves. In I feel like that. I feel like I feel like we bonded in in one of those times. It's one of those moments. My where phone is still uh, Lloyd Bloody Taylor when you typed it <laughs> in on my phone. Yeah, it was definitely that kind of. Uh, I think a very crowded night in the mm. George Christmas Eve, one of those classics, and uh, and uh, never looked back ever since. That's after that, amazing, though. isn't it? Can't miss you yeah. really. Quite similar, really. Aren't <laughs> you can't we, like hear that? me. I mean, That's you can't it. not hear me. Maybe not about missing. You know me. what? I get sometimes. I get a similar kind of. Uh, uh, introduction and people are always like that's a voice <laughs> and I'm thinking I you should meet Freddie Cocker <laughs> <laughs> it's, ne- it's always a- it's never I can realise like it's like a good thing or a bad thing with me it's always like, oh you can hear him coming I'm like it's a very backhanded compliment but well, I'll take it yeah no people can prepare themselves at least <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just going to be a really good pod I hope so yeah I'm excited for, for it well now we've got that all out of the way mm-hmm. shall we get started yes please let's go for it Now, the first subject I wanted to talk about with you, Lloyd, is identity. And I think it's safe to say that for anyone who knows you, one of the first things they'd say would be that you have such a very unique personality and Mm. identity. Um, Everyone in our local area has some point seen you rolling around on your vintage scooter. (laughs) Um, Your dress sense is always on point. It's always unique. And there's so many unique character traits and interests which define you as well. So the first question I sort of wanted to ask you was, has this, has this always come naturally to you or was it something you had to build over a number of years before you felt confident in sort of expressing yourself in this way or was it mm. a reflection of your sort of extroverted personality? Yeah, that's a good question because I don't think it... it I think that it's not that did it come naturally to me mm. is the right kind of question. It's more like when did I allow myself um, to be comfortable doing what I want basically so um so no not really you know I was always when I was younger 
you know, uh, cheeky, kind of quite witty, probably quite annoying, smart ass uh, kind of kid. But I wasn't in, you know, I wasn't particularly fashionable. I didn't, I have still, you know, now would not consider myself like hugely. Your big jacket would say otherwise, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> not, I just think that, you know, I'm not hugely aware of trends or fashion or mm. things like that, but I got to um, a point in my life, probably when um, I got into my first serious relationship. And what age was that? Oh, that was um, 18. Okay. Yeah, it was late. And um, it was the first time, you know, I ever was in a relationship, a serious relationship with someone. Mm. And that gives you the kind of breathing space to start being confident in your in your own choices. And did that person give you that confidence? Or was that person gave me the style tips, first oh, of all, because okay. first they just bought, I borrowed all their, their clothes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Ethan, who I used to go out with, he um, is like top of the, of the fashionable tree. You know, he really knows his stuff. Like, you know, I was the guy who had black vans on where my, my, my toes nothing were like... Nothing wrong with a pair of vans? Bro. No, nothing wrong with them. I, my kind of fashion sense is always practical first, but it's like, you know, my toe would be hanging out. My mum would say, <laughs> I'll give you the money. Let me just buy you a new pair. I'd say, they're white. It's got character, you know, like... And, 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 <laughs> Your and, toe? What, like one toe? No, two toes. One on each foot. And the knuckles... So basically they were sandals. looked like bunions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was they're basically Birkenstocks by the end of the year. They didn't last school, but... You know, I was that guy and it took until basically I got a few tips um, and started realizing that actually if you're trying too hard, it doesn't, it's hard to pull it off really. Mm. So like the best thing that I kind of go for is just like wear what's comfortable. And it's usually an oversized t-shirt and shorts, which is what I've been wearing for a long time, uh, obviously being away. But, um, but you know, yeah, I like to, I like to just pick nice things uh, uh, usually in a Oxfam or something mm. like that you know like it's not big budget or anything like that do you, do you feel like your fashion sense was a reflection of your personality or was it just I feel like, like your extroverted nature or did you feel like it was something that you didn't really think too consciously about I think that it is some it's a bit of both I think I've had role models in my life that have had that similar kind of eccentric mm. character to their to their image mm. you know my grandpa probably being like one of the most important ones you know through my entire life he was you know he would wear quite extravagant suits like beautiful ties glasses hats and stuff he was you know like pocket square pocket square oh, handkerchief you know what i mean and he had like suits that my granny always used to complain like my god he looks like a clown in that one you know but <laughs> he would walk down to south george lane you know and everyone would Turn say hello heads. and say yeah you yeah. know and and and, and uh, so it probably started there and then that whole side of the family uh, are all quite you know way more artistic than i am mm. um so I'm just lucky to have a little, uh, a little um, taste of that, of, of, of that has been passed on, I guess. But um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I just, I probably wear things sometimes, like, like, trust me, if you go back through my, you've clicked the wrong way on my Facebook photos. You mean the right way? <laughs> you'll see, you'll see that like, this is not something that's existed for ages I've not been a cool kid or anything like that it's not like I just basically came around to the, the idea of wearing what I wanted and so it was a natural progression then 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. But some people open the doors and uh, show me the right way to do it. I feel like pretty much anyone can can pull off anything, really. I think that's the jo- that's the trick of mm. fashion or of kind of like of, of wearing the right thing. Do you feel like there has to be um, an acceptance that you don't care what other yeah, people sometimes, think, which is a bit of a contradiction in fashion, I yeah, guess, because you're always trying to... Yeah, 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 definitely. You know, you might have um, a mullet and... Uh, which I did in year 10 vest. and 9. You know what I mean? Mate, but, it was horrendous. But in the right settings and with the right people and with the right kind of, I guess, some would say bravado or confidence mm. in what you're doing or comfortability. I really think it's about being comfortable. If you feel comfy in what you've got on, if you put something on and you're constantly thinking, oh God, I hope these glasses aren't a bit too flash. Mm. Because I do do that sometimes, you know. Um, but no, I think that it's um, it's uh, just pretty natural. People are always threatened by, you know, self-expression and, and confidence, aren't I they, to be so. honest? It's a modern day An extrovertedness, thing. I think sometimes people are threatened by. It's the, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is exactly, but... Um, you know, and I really am no expert on fashion at all. But but um, yeah, just go stick with what you know, what you like, what's comfortable, colors that you like, and 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 just just be confident, I guess, in what you what you got on the clobber. Now, when you said to me, Fred, I really want to come on the pod, and I said, Yeah, great, Lloyd, let's 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 do it, let's book in a date. You also said to me, Oh, but I'm not really too sure because I haven't been through that much, you know, traumatic experiences. I've had some really positive lo- stories to tell. And I said, Well, that's I said to you, that's that's the best thing, you know. This podcast isn't just about helping people through trauma and helping people, you know, express their feelings and lived experiences. It's about highlighting positive stories as well. And I think that's a I think that's a really big example with you, Lloyd. Um and one part of that is your identity, which has been you coming out as gay, which a, a number of years ago now. Mm. And you told me that was a really positive story. And I think it's really good for the listeners if they can hear this. Yes. Um, so if you could, you know, tell me how, first of all, how about how, how being gay forms part of your identity yeah. and, and how you interact with the society and the world around you and also your own coming out story as well. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting, really, especially as, you know, it's not often that you really have to think about these. Well, it's not often that I think about these subjects that much, particularly. That's a very um, fortunate position to be in, in my, isn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, the Yeah, exactly. You're right, actually. I'm very fortunate in that. And um, I think that that is actually probably why I haven't had too many traumatic experiences or anything of that nature, because, um, because of that kind of fact. But... In terms of how it kind of shapes who I am and my identity, yeah, good question. I think that maybe not even actively is shaping Mm. me that much. I think it's given me a little bit more of a kind of balls-to-the-wall kind of... um, Confidence or...? It's difficult to say. To be honest with you, Fred, it's that... Because I'm from a kind of, um, I'm at the advantage point that it's something that I know that some people don't know. If you walk in, if I'm walking down the street, obviously with a lot of people who are gay as well, but as as I'm walking down the street, it's not like that you're particularly visibly more gay than someone else, or you might not particularly know. 
Uh, also, when I'm speaking to someone, they might not. I get like into a lot of quite funny situations sometimes where people obviously don't know. Might catch them out saying something mm. homophobic, subconscious bias, or even conscious bias, bias as well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it puts me at quite an advantage, you know, um, from that standpoint where I'm kind of a fly on the wall. And do you check um, those people actively when they do that? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, not violently, not aggressively, or anything like that. But, um, but it. it that's kind of usually the people that are most surprised. Um, and what is, sort of things do, do they say if you make if I Yeah, um, you know, someone might make a comment about something being gay uh, mm. as a derogatory term. Mm. That's one that's, you know, I understand that it's part of this kind of like general slang. That's toxic masculinity as well. I get way. that yeah. there's points where you might describe something as gay, um, but you know and if they are actually gay the things that you're ex describing that's fine you know <laughs> if something's really so like, colorful example, and covered like... in a rainbow flag then you <laughs> say oh my god that was so gay then you're well in yeah you know you're of course you say that but you know if someone's using it as like a really like for lame saying, that's or crap. bad yeah or, yeah do you know what i mean yeah. that kind of does that can be quite annoying sometimes but i think that um one of the most common ones ironically um, with guys might be that when a guy is feeling quite like particularly laddie one day and thinks he's or, or someone that I don't know or mm. have just met might, might perceive me as like quite a, a laddie laddish kind of guy so they think safe zone let's mm. be as laddish as I'm possible I was just about to say that safe when they get into that safe uh, yeah, mindset of exactly. I can say what I want I can now yeah. not even say maybe not even say what I want but maybe say what I think someone else who's laddie might get they me look more lad points yeah, yeah. here we yeah. go so you know what happens often you know is that um a straight guy might say something about a girl. That usually is the thing that happens most. Say something, you know, that's not particularly tasteful, you know, something a little bit derogatory probably, expecting me to be like, yeah, get in there, my <laughs> son. Like, yeah, look at that. But really, realistically, you know, I'm thinking in my head, like, you know, that's not really the right way to go about things so I do check people like that and then some on some occasions what has followed that is people will say like if you stick up for the for the female or for someone who they might be calling gay or mm. something like that they'll say oh what are you gay or something yeah, I and knew you're gonna say I, that as I, well it's... you know and I love that line because I just can come straight yes. deadpan look them in the eyes and say yeah and then they it throws choke. It, doesn't it yeah they yeah. don't know they think suddenly their world collapses and, they, and they're thinking, what? I was in this completely comfortable, trusted position. Then they need to work. Then they've got a little moment where they have to work out if I'm joking, because a lot of people think that I'm joking when I say that. Um, so yeah, so, but that's a, good, that's a good opportunity to check people and you can say, look, and I would just like, it's, it's not a, a huge issue, but I would appreciate it if you didn't. And I think, like I think that. that's a good thing. I think that's mature of you as well to look at it from that perspective of, you've made this person's made a mistake and yeah. they've said something wrong but I'm not gonna hate you for the rest of my life because you said one stupid thing no. as long as you improve from I've it I've caught you and out you don't do it again I've yeah. caught you out you know it's like someone have, doing something sneaky and you're catching them so 
you, you, it just basically means be careful of who you're talking to um, about these things. Well, and, loose and, lips and sink are, ships. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, are, and, and is it appropriate? You know, do you need to do it? Um, but like adverse, on, on the other side of the flip side of that coin, um, you know, I like to, in the same way that when you're introduced to someone first straight away, you would never shake someone's hand and say, hi, I'm, I'm Freddie Cocker, I'm a heterosexual male. Um, the se- like your sexuality is not really something that is introduced to a conversation until you know the person. You might assume mm. their sexuality, but it's not, in, unless you say, oh, I'm going to meet my girlfriend, then it's like, tick, there's one in a conversation, but you wait for a marker in a conversation. Yeah, that you wait might for have. like a, yeah, You exactly might not have marker, one yeah. in the first conversation that you've had, you know. Um, and so, um, in the same way, I feel like, you know, it's not on, the onus isn't on me to say, hi, I'm Lloyd to someone new, and by the way, I'm gay, or, you know, or by the way, I'm interested in guys. That means like, you know, I don't want to have to say that when I first meet someone, not because I'm avoiding the thing, but because, you know, I'm, it's, it's kind of a bit weird to say that. It means that you're almost making a statement or that you want people to know, you know, and I know that there are some people would maybe be like that, but me personally, you know, I'm more of a believer of in the same way that a normal conversation will continue. You, you want, might yeah. find out eventually. And you want it, you wouldn't want it to be something that, Defines, defines you, you from ta- the first, in its totality exactly. yeah like i think and so, that was a question i was going to talk about later on but it's good that we you know, we can talk about it now uh-huh. i think in the um i think it's similar in the sort of mental health mental health community because yeah. in many ways that you can come out as gay yeah you come out about your mental health you issues say hi yeah. my name is so and so i'm i'm uh, manic depression I, I, i'm manic depressed or i've got bipolar do you know what i mean mm. it's it's not the first thing that you come out with so in the same way that um people are judged because of their mental health state or like where they are with that. And some people have bad stereotypes or connotations Mm -hmm. to do with each usually misunderstood condition. Um, The same way as being labeled as gay, people will then come with their Mm. load of pre um, thought up um, prejudices and prejudices and all of those things. So, you know, in the same way that like that happens, if I meet someone further down the line um, and they find out then, you know, that's usually quite a nice positive experience because people, you know, I, I, I've had people before and like, for for example, this one guy that I met while I was away, um, an Irish uh, guy called Ryan, we were, me, Will and Dan as well were with me and, and, and we were all, um, at this hostel and we met this guy Ryan and he was a lovely guy he was so nice and we got on with him for about uh you know five three, seconds or three, <laughs> three, three or four days okay. you know we was <laughs> with him and and then on like the fourth day or something it, Will or Dan said something and we all laughed about it and it was a joke about like being gay or it was about someone that I was with or something like that and you know Ryan flipped around and was like, "What?" And he was like, "You're you're gay." And mm. and I was like, "Yeah, yeah." And he was like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he he was from a place where he didn't have any gay friends. He hadn't had any gay interactions. 
his stereotypes of someone that was gay was completely the opposite of what I was like, you know? And he was saying things like- Was, was he like, surprised? Or was he like outraged? Unbelievably or? surprised, yeah. shocked. He was yeah. like, but you like football. Do you know what I mean? Like- Oh God, here we go. No, yeah, but yeah. Like, but in a really honest, and it was quite a lovely moment, you know? Oh, okay. So it, 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 went, a, it went the other way a, then? Yeah, that's okay, what I mean. Cool, it was a brilliant. really positive moment, you know? And he, and he was like, he, 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 you know, it was quite sweet. He gave me a big hug and was like, uh, you, you know, like uh, he, he said something really quite cheesy now, I guess. But he was like, you know, he was like, you're the, like the first gay guy I've ever probably met and got on with. You know, like I didn't think that gay people like you existed, basically. And I said, Ryan, the, the, the point is that. I mean, that's also You're, maybe a bit of a problematic comment in itself, but... It, it, it's yeah, not yeah. really, though, because, you know, like... I guess it's coming from the a place The trouble is you don't want to blame people yeah, for yeah, having true. these stereotypes if they come from somewhere that they... We're we at the liberty of being from London, and mm. a hugely diverse city, and we're constantly reminded that there, there are other people. Mm. But there is a lot of people still now here today that will be surprised that there are gay people who are like me, who you might not know straight away, who might not be into things that are typically gay or mm. at typically camp, mm. you know, overly camp. And for him, that was a, mo a light bulb moment where he thought, and I said to I, I said to him, I said, you probably are meeting people like this all the time, Ryan, you just don't know. Like mm. they're not telling you because they shouldn't, you know, you well, don't, don't know someone's, you don't know someone's yeah. religion. Yeah. It's like yeah. saying, I don't, I don't know how many Christians I meet a day. Mm. You might be walking past someone every day on your way to work you know and they'd be and gay and you would never know health. yeah yeah the same yeah, yeah. as mental health yeah. so in the same way that these are you know sometimes invisible characteristics that make up your life or invisible aspects um that shape who you are you know the benefit of of being not being overly visible uh, means that you can kind of play with the moment that someone the, the reveal do you know what i mean mm. and it can be really positive mm. definitely i, I think, think more was, more yeah. positive mostly than than negative i've not had many really negative uh, occasions that's extremely good to be mm. honest i think it's probably a sign that us as a generation we are we are moving on from perhaps definitely. some of the stereotypes that our parents also, did, i think that our parents generation kinda, sorry had. yeah i yeah. think that it's also not often that you're in a group of people where to, to be all right with being homophobic it is is accepted. Do you know mm. what I mean? In the same way of mental health. Like if someone did say, I'm suffering from really bad depression, the reaction that would be kind of like laughing at that or taking the mick out of that is, is, is quite obviously immoral and wrong, you know? Mm. So like in the same way that although it's kind of like in those laddish circumstances might be quite boisterous to be homophobic or something like that that actually when you challenge it almost nine times out of ten people fold instantly because mm -hmm. they realize they know that that's wrong they know that they've been caught yeah it's very it's not very often that people double down on i think things. i think that is certainly true unless you are this the minority speaking out in <coughs> excuse me in a group that is fearfully homophobic yeah. so for example in my school yeah. my secondary school very conservative christian um very homophobic year group, mm. very Islamophobic year group. Yeah. And the, 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 the social group that I was bullied by that I eventually left, yeah. um, they used to say, oh, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve and all this crap. Yeah. And I used to speak out and be like, no, that's rubbish. Like, yeah, and they used yeah. to be like, what are you talking about, Freddie? You're yeah. gay as well. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. this, but it was really hard for me to try and challenge this like conservative 
orthodoxy that was that was that was like um, born out of toxic masculinity itself. Yeah. So I think you are definitely right. It's not, You're right. You're, you're I've also been in the fortunate circumstances of being surrounded by mostly not those people. Exactly. Or yeah. at least having a little bit of support mm. when I'm in those situations. Mm. I find that, you know, most on, on, on mass out of experience, I'd say that, um, that girls are usually would back you up uh, because they kind of, I guess this might be me overreaching, but I guess they have a sense of what it feels to be um, kind of uh, discriminated against because of uh, like, because they're females, you know, they have to live through sexism. So they understand what it is to have those prejudice leveled at them. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, um, so, but yeah, no, not that girls can't be homophobic, no way, but um Stereotypically, You're right. to, to yeah. go up against the stand up against big groups like that is is definitely um, a challenge, but mm. one that you know I would readily take on if mm. it was put in front of me. I quite enjoy it, you know. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> a I little can bit. Tell. A- <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, now, with with your coming out story, mm. um, when when what was the age that you first came out and what yeah. when was the what was the age that you first realized that you had these sort of feelings okay yeah no good question um probably so i was quite a late i was pretty late to the game really <laughs> um i went through a lot of school not really i wasn't very sexualized do right. you know what i mean i, I wasn't particularly thinking my, a lot of my my thoughts weren't really taken up by hugely sexual things you know mm. i'm not one of those people that like when someone walks I, I i was that guy that when someone would walk past and everyone would say four i was thinking you know like yeah they're, they're very pretty but like i wasn't thinking like let's get to the bedroom do you know mm. what i mean i wasn't overly sexualized so because of that i just assumed that like that was a normal experience, you know, all that, like, I just, you know, I will just, that will come eventually. Um, but really it was until I was much, much older, probably like 16, probably 15, uh, 16, where I started realizing that, that a lot of my like best relationships that I was in, not as in relationship romantically, but like, uh, friendships Mm. or, um just general social relationships were um with guys the ones that i really enjoyed the most you know I, i'm you know I, I like doing a lot of boyish things you know i'm that kind of adventurous personality that's what I, I, i'm into and so it made sense that i was really enjoying spending time with people who are also doing those things in terms of like, you know, I'd never really had like a celebrity crush either. So like, I didn't, I think that a, a lot of it also was like, I didn't really know, I didn't really know myself what I was into um, romantically or sexually. I was not really think like, I was just a kid playing out mm. on the streets for a long time, you mm. know? Um, so really I've kind of got it about, I guess probably in about 16 and I thought okay that's probably what it is um, um I like guys then probably through from 16 to the age of 18 I was just kind of like 
seeing in my own space like what that actually meant like and how that materialized in our school there wasn't like necessarily like a low lots well there you know there probably were more than I thought but you know, it, there, I, there was no one that I was particularly attracted to at school or anything like that. So outside of your friendship groups, how are you going to meet people? Mm. At this point, I wasn't really on any of the dating apps or anything like that. Did they not? I don't think they existed when we were in they school, did, did they? Well, the most original dating app way before Tinder or anything like that is Grindr, an app that I'm sure your listeners will be kind of familiar with <laughs> in either That's familiar that out of use wow. or familiar know. out of the fact that it's, you know... Um, it's characterized as quite a sleazy um, hookup app. Much like Tinder. App, what it, which is exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah. But at that time, so that's actually quite interesting because like what we were saying before, being invisible is a really good benefit, but it's also a little bit of a con because if if you are invisible as a gay male, as in like not, not um, like physically, not... I don't know how to describe it. Like, not obviously gay from the... So if someone looked at you, they wouldn't obviously think and yeah. jump to that conclusion. Yeah, you know, I get to you. Say someone, to say you can look at someone and work out that they're gay, I don't think it's that's that also, offensive. Also, yeah, it shouldn't be yeah. offensive. It's obviously, some people are Campbell and others might still be straight. That's fine. But, but you know, odds are that you can pick usually some gay people out of a crowd, obviously. So being one of those people that might not be so obviously gay and being into into others that are of the similar uh, as me that that means that you suddenly encounter a problem there which is how do you find the other people mm. a normal straight heterosexual individual would go to a bar a guy or would have a girl come up to him or go up to a girl or a girl would go up to or a guy a and you would or, yeah, you would assume yeah. that they're there you know and that if if i'm at a bar and I see someone I like, there's a few things that go through your head. There's, um, sorry, I'm going way off the coming out. No, 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 do we'll it. Go do back it. to that in a bit. <laughs> we'll get back to you in a sec, don't worry. There's, um, one of they straight or gay, first of all. You, one, you think, yeah. So, so I either go up to them and say hello and you say, introduce yourself as gay. Do you know what I mean? Or into them. Then you get a, a sun manner of reactions. You might get that they aren't gay at all and they're offended by what you're saying. You might get that they are gay, but they can't, you know, they're not sure what you're doing. Are you joking? Because you're, you seem like a straight guy coming up. You might be playing a prank or something, you know, like. Which is a horrible thing to think. But exactly. That, that and does and, happen, and because most people who are kind of invisibly gay, not uh, this is me generalizing, but I assume like a grand majority are still in the closet because you can get by quite easily on that line. And I know a lot of people that do that. And have wi- have kids, you know, and have wives, wow. and, you know, and you can quite, it's quite easily, a statement. you know, it's yeah. do you know what I mean? It's yeah. quite. I could easily live a straight life, and no one would bat an eyelid, you know. It was my decision to be quite open with how I am, you know. But you, it's t- people forever have always been doing that, you mm. know. Um, but yeah, or you know, <clears throat> or they say, yeah, I am, and you happy days, mm. but realistically, and same as we started, you know, saying, uh, was I this confident? Um, no, that's a department that I'm not confident in. I, I'm not the kind. I've never walked up to someone in a bar and and been like, "Yo, what's your I number?" Think I need Good a certain level of drink to do it for me. Do you know what I mean? So to, <coughs> exactly. Just, uh, so to add the layer of, do I even know if this person is even batting for the same team? Is a, a huge number question. So dating apps actually become a key part of my story in meeting people and becoming comfortable because at that time, at that age, when I was. 17, 18, just going to my first year of uni, 
I also went through that summer before uni saying in my head, I'm going to go to university and I'm going to say to people that I'm interested in guys from the get go. This is a new group of people. They don't have any prejudgments of me at all. And that's what I'm going to do. But I got to uni. Um, and but so basically I did that with the kind of caveat that I, I won't in the same way introduce myself as that mm-hmm. but I will wait for them to ask the question and, and I won't, won't lie about it you'd be open yeah, yeah and I won't lie or avoid the conversation at all so that's what I went to uni with and then no one asked <laughs> and oh, no wow. one, and it didn't come up you know <laughs> and so then suddenly I'm all the way through freshers week you know and and at that point I don't I, like I was still kind of get I I would still get off with girls you know and and, and little things like that because I you know I was still not completely sorted out in my mind exactly what I wanted either so and do you think the fact that people didn't ask you if you were gay yeah meant that you were sort of like oh well I'm just gonna sort of see what happens a bit or yeah it, i just yeah? thought that you know it will come up you yeah. know or you know it's quite an <clears> obvious <throat> thing but but the you know i got in a little bit too deep and then i thought well you know now that all of this introduction stuff is gone they're gonna think why didn't i just say that at the start you know so but it's not something you would you don't be like in a pre-drinks you'll be yeah. like oh just to let you know guys i'm gay yeah it's like, a bit of it a just statement doesn't happen. yeah exactly so you don't want to be that guy either and then be labeled as the gay guy you know who kind of flagged it up at the beginning but um so yeah the apps then become quite a quite a uh, important part of identifying someone else that you might be attracted in because you can hire an app is like having a flag you know you know that everyone on there is gay because they're on there and Mm. and they're coming up and at that time tinder had just started so because tinder had just come out um Grinder already had all of the, the sleazy people oh, on it. Right. And Tinder became this quite clean, nice place where, because if, I mean, as a gay man, you ask any bisexual gay people who have ever been on Grinder, I mean, I could download the app now and we could have someone around here in five, 10 minutes, literally. That's insane. So, like, as in the, the, the radius comes up, it would yeah. say, Barry up the road, thirty. For like 300 meters and you could just message them to come over and that's it and and they would come here for sure we should have done that as a test <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> sure my parents would have been up for that yeah, uh, yeah. what's Barry doing here <laughs> I know you I mean you've got kids this is, a po- this is not a podcast <laughs> this is not a podcast idea so, it was so, all Lloyd's you know what I mean so, 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 so those so you know, I'm sure there's loads of straight people out there that wouldn't mind an app that does that for them. But but basically, Tinder does that for them now. It's a hookup app. But at this point, because not that, to that level, though, not I to don't that think. level exactly. Yeah. But but exactly. <clears throat> but Tinder then was a new intro, and there's loads of other gay apps as well. So mm. that's not other apps can be used. <laughs> but um, yeah, so so because the sleaziness was still on grander, it meant that the people who genuinely wanted to meet for dates and stuff, you know, and actually meet someone. <laughs> And wasn't saying, you know, meet me in a car park, at mm. blah, blah, blah. They were all there. So so then you could swipe through, blah, 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 and find the people that you like and, and, and go and meet them as genuine people. So that was, there was a small period between anyone knowing or, or from me, you know, people might have known. I'm sure that when you have really close friends that are like your brothers and sisters that um, they know, you know, because... They're probably thinking, you know, you haven't had a girlfriend for X amount of years or blah, blah, blah. We never hear about the blah, blah, blah. Mm. So, um, 
so that meant that I had a little kind of period of maybe a year of meeting people and then for the first time like I remember the, for the first time ever meeting someone that I was actually attracted to and you know and went on a, like a date and knew that they were thinking the same thing as me rather than me being the invisible guy kind of thinking like oh you know you're really beautiful and not ever saying anything so what was that like what was that what was that first experience like was it was, it, was lovely it, it was or? it was um it was liberating <clears throat> liber, liber, yeah liberating. it was it was lovely and i loved sneaking i used to <laughs> be really sneaky so like you know you become quite sneaky in a lot of your life in, in, in a lot of that life and you're kind of dl you know that's what it's called so um it was great. We used to go out for secret dates, used to sneak him into my uni room. Literally one point, my housemate um, knocked on the door, Patrick, and I made the guy hide in the in the actual wardrobe. No! Yeah, and then Patrick... It's like something out of a soap. Yeah, then Pat came in and sat on my bed and started watching, <laughs> like, A Human Planet or something, and I was... He just had to stay, what, had to stay there for like an hour and a half? I had to make up something about... I don't know, I can't remember what I did in the end, you know, but there were loads of situations like that which were fun, you know, and I started really loving it. I think, not loving that bit, but but... The rush. You must have got a rush out being of it, like yeah. myself with someone. Do you know what I mean? Completely. I'm myself with my friends, but there was still that little bit that was just a uh, like behind the curtain mm. that I'm sure that they knew about. But but you know they're you also aware that, that yeah, I haven't yeah, yeah, yeah. expressed it. So so that was nice, you know. And I'm still really good friends with that guy to this day, you know. And, and that's and, a great story to share. To yeah, and he was, and and I was, the, I was, I, like, I was the first proper relationship that he had. We never were a proper relationship. We never said that I'm your boyfriend. I'm your boyfriend. Mm. But we knew that this was like the first time we ever had like an actual kind of like an exclusive relationship with someone. So that was lovely. Um, and then because I was so full of confidence and stuff, I remember going, so there's two coming out stories. There's right, one to okay. my friends and yeah. one to my family. So we went up to Leeds on a regular kind of university night out. So you were 18, were you 18 at this yeah, point still? 18, Yeah, 18, uh, first year of uni. And I was really um, having a great time. Uh, and I felt on top of the world because I had someone who liked me and I liked them. And that was all new and exciting. And uh, yeah, went up to Leeds and and probably had a bit too much to drink as well. That probably spurred me on. Mm. And you know, when some when someone asked how's uni going, you know, I, asked, I led with the yeah, I've met someone. And then so obviously people say, oh, oh who is she? Yeah. Tell us about her. <laughs> and you say, Whoa, little did actually, they know, <laughs> you know, it's the you know, and that was I, you know, I I remember first doing it at the pre-drinks to like Francis and Lily and Hannah Lily's my cousin Hannah closest friend you know real I'm blessed basically the reason that I'm so fortunate is that I've got the the, the best friends like mm -hmm. I really do owe them way more than I could ever really sum up and I mean that really genuinely genuinely I, I think that I'm the luckiest boy because of the friends that I've got like and my family as well but you know my friends are so so important to me and um yeah, so and then in a kind of whirling dervish, got out into the club and started telling everyone, you know, and and, and that was it. You know, I told everyone at that point. And, so when they said to you, you know, tell us about it, did you go, 
well, actually, it's not a her. Yeah. It's, it's a he. I or did you, did you, look, so did you that, deliver it like that? Or did you sort of... I can't... Though, you know, I used to have quite a lot of fun delivering it because <laughs> uh, because after that, I started realising that it was quite a kind of surprise to people sometimes, especially people that didn't know me. So then it was up to me how I could pick and choose a surprise. Um, but that one was, no, was more like a kind of drunken, over, uh, outspilling, uh, uh, pouring of... Yeah, eventing, exactly. Eventing. So... So that was lovely, and then we danced around, and no one cared. That was the what, that was that must one have been of the, the best feeling. It, definitely, you yeah. know what? I was underwhelmed. I wanted people really? to pick me up and chuck me in the air, <laughs> like I was having birthday bumps. You know, I wanted them to lift me up and so you put me on the being, stage. I don't mind being invisible too. I want to be the most visible person. Yeah, ever. yeah. I thought. I thought. Uh, are we allowed to swear on this? Fuck. Yeah, you can swear. Yeah, yeah I yeah. thought. Fuck it. Like you know, this is like uh, my moment. Yeah. You know, and and bef- I mean, like as a little kind of run up to that moment my heart is thumping oh you know yeah. you're really tense like it's quite an I, i'm not that nervous a person in a lot of things you know exams i wasn't particularly nervous in school for exams and stuff but this was like that anxiety I, i'm not yeah. scared of heights or something but i imagine it's it would be like putting someone who's scared of heights on the cliff edge you know like and, saying, jump or something. and saying yeah, yeah, and yeah. saying gone then off you go because you really are at that point where you're not quite sure how it's going to go you know, faith, it could it's be yeah. a really terrible time, <laughs> but obviously, my like I remember saying it to Will and the, and the boys, and they kind of in the same dance move as I told them, kind of said, "All right," you know, and then carried on dancing. <laughs> they didn't care, you know, and I was kind of a bit like I'm almost, about, almost said it again. I'm do you know what I mean? Will like, just by like the boogie being yeah, yeah, right, cool, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So people. <laughs> So that was lovely, you know, and that gave me, spurred me on even more. But the parents was uh, a, a different thing. That was maybe six, seven months later. Was um, that a sit down thing? Was it more like a... That was, um, <clears throat> so I met, e- so then I met Ethan after, a, a, like in, in between that six months of that, uh, I stopped seeing that guy just for various reasons, quite nice and cordial organically. And then well, there was some other people. And then f- finally I, was on Tinder one day and I was swiping and then I thought, oh, who's this? You know, and uh, that was Ethan. And, Shout um, out Ethan. Yeah, and, uh, and that was like uh, a real full-blown relationship. Suddenly I thought like, I wasn't just like kind of ha- having a friendship with another person who seemed, who happened to be the same sexuality as me mm-hmm. and that I was attracted to. This was like, someone that I was like, cool, I want to be with this person. That was the first time I've ever experienced anything like that. Um, so that was lovely. And we went through this like kind of really nice first period. And I, I remember asking about him once as well. I mean, the pub said, oh yeah, how's the chat? Yeah. Like, yeah, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. I really wanted to, you to tell this story for listeners because I remember asking you about it. And I remember you said you were bowling with him once. And there was this group of girls and they were quite, I'm not sure what age they were, but they all came over to you like, oh my God, like, uh, they were just like being like really flirtatious with yeah. you. And you had to be like, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah. know, that, that, yeah, that was, that, yeah, that happened. I remember telling that story and I was cracking up. That happens. Yeah, for sure. That does happen. I've got a sillier one that happened when we was away. That, go, on, go on, tell that one then we'll go oh back to the Oh God, it go sounds quite bad one. though, really. But Is it PC? It's, I mean, not PC. No, no, no. It, it's it, PC. It's, it's, is it appropriate? It's PG. Yeah, no, yeah. it's PG and PC. <laughs> I'll but, do it then. We'll do it. But, you know, I just don't like want to sound too offensive or cocky or anything because, you know, it sounds like a bit cocky. But, yeah, we was away and, and I was 
and we was in on a beach somewhere and this girl was chatting to me and, and, and another thing that happens is that because I'm quite a chatty person you probably will relate to this and comfortable with people almost instantly you know mm. I'm not that guarded like as soon as I trust someone yeah, I'm yeah. bang in there yeah. you know what I mean so that can get confused I get in trouble all the time um, <laughs> for people taking that as me being really flirtatious you know or quite forward when um and then so sometimes that happens with girls and obviously some girls don't know and then so they think i'm being quite forward and flirtatious with them there was this one girl who um obviously was 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 thinking that and i didn't realize until i was way too deep and then <laughs> and then i was and then i was kind of like you know not in a horrible way but i kind of you was oh, i wanted back. to i yeah. wanted to get away from that conversation like it was just and will and dan had left me. They, they think it's quite funny you know if i get lumped with someone like that and then you know, and I was thinking, you know, I, you, I don't know what to, you know, so. You had to break it to her. Well, at one point she said, she was like, oh, like, I love your necklace. Like, where did you get your <laughs> necklace? And I said, oh, my, my ex-boyfriend gave it to me. And there was a kind of like a moment. <laughs> And I thought, this is it. I'm out. I've done it. Like, I needed, like a, I needed a drink or something. Like, I, you know, I just needed to get yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and uh, she just, okay. And carried on. And I was like, no, my God. Anyway. What's going part of the part three? It was. Um, anyway, long, long story short, she was with a friend as well. Yeah. Uh, long story short is um, that this this fr about a month later we were in a completely different country and we was in a bar and oh, am i allowed to s say really bad words on this yeah, okay. yeah i think so um yeah so we're in this bar and we're dancing and i've gone to the to get to the toilet or something i'm not with will and will gets like a tug on his t-shirt he turns around and it's this little girl that the girl was with that was no. talking to me and she's starts really swearing and shouting at him and saying, whoa, whoa, Will doesn't know it's what's going on. Grenade. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. going, and she's going, your friend's like, like there's a, I'm going, oh my God. I, I wasn't there for any of it. Will's going, what's going on? It's like, your friend told my friend that he was gay just so he didn't have to talk to her. She was so, <laughs> so offended, you know. The frothing homophobia. <laughs> like like someone, like that's the last card in the pack. Like I'm, I'm going to tell her I'm gay just to stop talking to this girl. <laughs> like any straight man would ever pick that as the way out. You know, you could have said anything. Like I've got wow. really bad genital warts. You know, you could, <laughs> you could pick anything you like. But she thought that I'd done this to get rid of the friend. Wow. But, but you know, Will's reaction, I, I, I was like, so what did you say to Will? Um, expecting him to kind of go on some big rant, but he, he said, "I just, you know, I, I think he just said F fuck off and turn around because he's like, I don't have to, I shouldn't have to like you justify, justify your, own, your yeah, exactly. my, my my friend being like, who's like, you know, I'm not going to be able to convince her. She's obviously very angry about it. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, things like that do happen a lot. Wow. Obviously, they're not so usually that violent or, or aggressive." Um, and that was funny. Like I, I laughed about it afterwards. Luckily, I didn't see the girl because um, she, I, God knows what she would have done if she saw me. Um, but you it's know, really like, funny it's funny. Yeah, yeah, it's funny that It'd those. Be a fly on the wall that it's way, funny right? that those things happen. Those things happen all the time. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> Silly. But yeah, coming the coming out full of circle, the family. Full yeah, maybe family. I should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that I just do it uh, like a a quick version because it actually is, was much more eventful than than with my friends um i'd met ethan we'd had this kind of really nice honeymoon period and decided like let's book a holiday we should go away together mm. and 
before I'm thinking, you know, I've been on holiday with my friends all the time. Like, wow, I'm going on holiday with someone that I'm with. I've, you know, only, new, I've only fresh, known them excited. for like, yeah, yeah you know, it's yeah. just new. I've never done anything like this. I was all excited. I'm absolutely like overspilling with confidence and I'm so happy. And I feel like when you got someone in your corner like that, like when you're in your first kind of relationship, a proper relationship you think that like you can you're on top of the world you know what i mean i thought i felt indestructible i thought like it doesn't matter what anyone thinks because i've always got someone who's got my back do you know what i mean in the same way around so you feel safe so that was such a nice feeling that that it got to a week before i was going away and i realized like I need to tell my parents like where I'm going. They knew I was going away, but who I'm going with, because I was thinking like, you know, not to be crazy or anything, but I was thinking like, what the plane goes down and my mom's like, he was gay and he didn't even tell me. Do you know what I mean? Like I was thinking genuine things like that. And I was like, she needs to know. My dad needs to know. Like it's kind of time. I feel pretty comfortable. Like I'm going to do it. Do you know what I mean? Um, and so, um, I said to her, like, uh, I, I went, uh, we always have dinner together and we just had dinner. My mum and dad sit next to me at the dinner table all the time. We're watching TV. My dad's just watching TV like normal. My mum's like, oh, so, so you're going away? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, I actually wanted to speak about that. Um, I'm now really pumping more, okay. than, more than the friends. Yeah, like, the the whole like dinner, moment. I'm yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. the whole way, I'm thinking, how do I segue into this? Do you know what I mean? Like, um, and I said, yeah, I was like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going with someone I'm seeing. And before I could even say the next thing, my mum goes, oh, Hannah, are you going? It's Hannah, is it? And before I could say it, she's going, I knew you. I knew it. I just knew it. She's like, my dad's not even re like not registered what's going on. He's still watching whatever is oh, on the classic. telly right yeah, now, yeah. one show. And my mum's going, I knew it. She's like, oh, so like, what's that? And I said, no, no, mum, it's not Hannah. And, and now, by this time, I've got quite a big smile on my face, you know, because she's quite cute the way she's like, And she went, Francis, then. Is it Francis? <laughs> I love Francis. Like, go on, is it Francis? So she, and I'm like, oh, Christ. And I said, oh, I said, no, I, I said, his name's Ethan. And she went, Ethan? And as she said that, <laughs> my dad, my dad kind of like registered, clean, and he was in. And... My was always beforehand thinking I was not concerned about mum and I was m more, oh, I think a, a boy is always more concerned about how his dad's going to feel about it. And it was almost the opposite. After saying Ethan, my mum said, what, a boy? And I, and I said, I said, yeah, you know, kind of with a smile on my face. And I said, yeah. And at that point she was silent and didn't know how to react. Now, looking back on it, I think she was waiting for my dad's reaction too. I think we, we were all, and my dad kind of turned to me and said, um, he said, what? He said, you're not gay. And kind of like, like with that. a question mark. Yeah, with a question yeah, mark. Yeah. And uh, with a big smile still on my face, I, I, I didn't say yeah, because I, cause also I don't know, like, obviously I'm into guys, but the whole, like, I don't know about the whole the label thing. I don't know if that's, that point, you, do you know, I don't know where I feel about, I don't know. Okay. I'm okay with being called gay. I don't care. Do you know what I mean? But like, I, probably I, just an aversion I, to labels to be fair. I like, do think that whole I mean? spectrum yeah. thing is, but yeah. anyway, that's tangent. And, 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 you know, I looked at him and shrugged my shoulders and went, well, you know, Ethan, <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, like I was saying, like, the you know, that girls aren't, you know, if a girl comes along that I'm in, fall in love with, then the, sure, I'll stop being gay. Do you know what I mean? But anyway, and in that moment, he just got up out of his chair and and said, come here. And oh, my God. What moment. Yeah. And 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 hugged me and 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 well, really what a boy. Shout out. me. Can we give a shout out? Yeah. To Curtis. Curtis, shout out to yeah, Curtis. Taylor, I couldn't please. believe it. I'm never. I, it was such a. It was a mad moment. Model to all dads. Everywhere. Held me, really held me tight, and 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 said like, you know, I'm so proud of you. Like, I'm so so proud of you. You're, he's saying like? you're so brave, and 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 I was trying not to. By that point, I was quite smiley and stuff. Then it was a, a sudden, overwhelming, like yeah, it I, must I, have been. You know, my yeah. family, we we love each other 100, percent but we're not like. Really lovely, that that are really yeah. close. We don't. Talk my mum's the best mate. Kind of, my dad's. Be, I'm not. Do you know what I mean? Like either, but yeah, but yeah. we really have a lot of love and respect for each other. But to have that moment like that was was really important. You what know? was that like for you? It was um, uh, life affirming. Yeah. Really, been, it made me think. I I thought you know I've got absolutely nothing to worry about ever. But I mean, at that point, I wasn't even, th I was just, my mind was boggled. So my, you know, that that's happening. And he said some other really lovely things. The first thing that he said, the per he was, it was perfect, it was really basically, what he definitely, did. Definitely. He said, he said, when, when can we meet him? You know, the first, first what a boy. asking what all sorts a of, boy. where's he from? You know, like, can, can we meet him? Yeah. My mum is stunned silent still, stunned and sat down. It really doesn't, and that was what surprised me. My dad is really inquisitive, you know, and I, and I said, yeah, I'd like, I'd love you to meet him, blah, blah, blah. I said, look, um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go to Hannah's house now because um, I was staying around there, I'd organised it already. I said, like, you, I'm going to give you guys like a bit of like, a, yeah. a night to yourself. Yeah. That I know it's like something big, um, but I'm going to just cycle to Hannah's and stuff. Um, and I left the kitchen and started putting my shoes on, getting ready to get my bike and go. And my dad came to the hallway again and, you know, at, like at, just before I went and gave me another really big hug and it was so lovely. Like, mm. And then I, then I cycled down towards Hannah's and I got about as far as the drive and then I burst. The endorphin rush just, just hit and you. And I was like, and, and, and I mean, uh, you know, uh, it's quite hard to describe what you were feeling like as in a, yeah, the adrenaline, the endorphins, like the chemical, just the pure it's chemical that release, that rush instant release, of doing it? that yeah. stuff, like of doing that whole event, you know, and extended over what it might be like 10, 10 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Suddenly I got, you know, and I had to, and I had to stop cycling. I couldn't even cycle, you know, and I just stood there and with tears streaming down. I wasn't crying like, like that. It was just, it was I was joy. just, yeah, I was, I was, yeah, happy. I was relieved. I was, you know, I did. And, and so instead of cycling to Hannah's, I, you know, not many people know this actually. Go on, but I, we get I cycled, yeah. yeah, I cycled to Hollow Ponds. That's a place where, you know, I spent most of my childhood. Big up Leightonstone. And, um, you know, and the sun was set. It was a beautiful day. The sun was setting, you know, everything was orange. And, and I just had to have a little moment, you know, just to sit and to be, and to think about it and think, um, you know how nice it was and 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 you know i i, I love my dad before anyway do you know what i mean of course i did but it was a real moment for me i like you know i've never even said that to him even but like i think 
I, I would like to have him on the podcast and you grill him about it. Oh, you know? I'd love to. I would <laughs> absolutely love to, man. Do you know what That's I mean? Because option. I also would like to know what he, I we would love to know what is it like as a parent, you know, yeah. because I, and, and as a father, because I know, because, you know, there's all sorts of things that then you have to think about, you know, like if I don't have a kid, you know, like is the, the Taylor name going to carry on? My sister mm. is obviously going to get married, lose her. Mm. I know that's a Game of Thrones way to think about it, but there's, mm. there's a, there's a, on that one fact, a lot of things change, you know. And you could still have children. As a parent. Well. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, of yeah, course. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. It's exactly. all those things to think about, definitely, as but a parent. There's yeah, a massive, for sure, for as sure. a parent, and then you're thinking, is it, like, is my child all right? You know, by then, obviously, I was 18 and quite confident. Well, you know, I've always been that person in my family anyway, mm. long before I was confident with my friends. In my family, I was always that person anyway. So... Yeah, and then I got to Hannah's, and um, and and life was good since that moment. And I've never, and you know, and my my mum never never really knew like how like she didn't know if she could tell the rest of my family and stuff. Yeah. And I said, you know, I don't want to have to come out every time. <laughs> no, exactly. Like, and that, I, was, that must be an issue for your dad as well. You know, yeah. saying, oh, I've got to tell yeah. X amount of cousins and uncles and how yeah. they're going to react. Yeah, and exactly. I'm so, going to have to prepare myself if they exactly. react negatively or exactly. Yeah. My, my dad's side of the family though. Um, Fortunately, we're like we're all from South Woodford. Like, I went to the same school as my dad. Um, L- Lily's parents uh, are my uh, obviously she's my cousin. I went to school with her. She's really like more like my sister, really. Um, my auntie and uncle, you know, really liberal, forward-thinking, and be- beautiful human beings. Mm. My auntie and uncles, my grandparents, that same grandpa. Um, so you know, I knew that there would be no problems. Really, realistically, I knew there was going to be none. Ironically, interestingly, on my mum's side of the family, they're from out in Essex, Basildon. So there's a little bit more of a kind of right leaning edge to them, mm. maybe a bit more discreet, just because of the nature of where they're from, not from inside London. And, you know, I remember growing up before when I was younger and my granddad saying things like my sister would choke or something like say, what granddad, what would you do if you found out Harrison was gay? Like our, mm. our, our younger cousin. And he would say things like, no, no grandson of mine will oh, ever be gay. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. he, he, you know, they're very much from that kind of, from that thing, but that old, that old school, but like prehistoric old school. Yeah. Right? But I mean, yeah, yeah. it's not, you know, if you, you drive a, 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 like for an hour outside of London and that is not, that uncommon you know it's no 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 for sure so so it's not as old school it's it comes from it's an old school attitude isn't it yeah yeah yeah. yeah. um but also you know you can't be they can't be blamed in the same way that that guy ryan from ireland can't be blamed because you know they might they a lot of people that have those ideas don't know any gay people that's true or are not friends with gay black people or Or, asian people or or yeah anyone that exactly muslim exactly so so they're so you have to give them a little bit of leeway for that, you know what I mean? And 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 obviously, when my granddad found out, he was a, they were the same. Like, when can we meet? You know. Yeah. So uh, so, and I bet you he thought, oh shit, like I've said I've some said things, some, and now yeah, I've, now yeah, suddenly yeah. I've realised that this person who I admire, because me and my granddad have a really lovely relationship as well, you know, this person who I admire, and who I've spent a lot of time with, has been gay the whole time. 
And so that, in the, like what I was saying earlier, where you can have a real positive in, in, impact, is that what happens a lot when I come out to people that have met me and known me for a while before they've had the found out, mm. is that it kind of shatters that stereotype. Mm. You, you hold the stereotype up to what I'm like, and then it breaks, and then you realize that actually, I shouldn't be judging these people because they're under my nose and I didn't even realise. What, what would you say to someone who's listening to the pod who may be struggling with their sexuality or maybe struggling to accept who they are? I mean, I certainly know of the, of the gay friends that I mm. had. They've always said to me, um, this, whatever reaction they got, positive mm. or negative, they mm. never regretted the coming out moment. I would say um, that there's but it obviously depends absolutely on no yeah. rush. Don't feel like you have to come out ever if you don't want to, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I think that there's, I think that it can, you know, that my story does sound quite dreamy and nice and I'm fortunate enough that it was like that. I know loads of people as well that have come out and been chucked out of their home mm. um, or basically exiled by their family, you know? So, um, you know, Ethan, ironically, not ironically, but like uh, as a mirror to, to my experience, um, you know, Ethan is Jamaican. So he's so a Jamaican family is going to have a whole manner of different uh, attitudes, attitudes and, and characters and stuff like that, stuff yeah, like yeah. that, that are going to react differently. So for him, it's way tougher than my white middle class liberal London family that mm. are going to hug me and say, well done for that. And you're brave. Mm. Um, you know, so did he talk to you about that? Did he say it was particularly tough? Or he, he, yeah, it was tough. Yeah. yeah, definitely. But um, and and you know, and I know people, and you know, that's interesting. Maybe it would be better better place to have someone on who's living that experience. Mm -hmm. But but you know, to I, because I'm a white male, <laughs> a middle class, I guess. You know, I'm in the safest position in society to, to say whatever I could say I'm going to be a pirate tomorrow mm. and people would be okay with it do you mm. know what I mean um but definitely coming from an Afro-Caribbean background um you have a whole remit of challenges that are, that are way way deeper than what I'm going to come up against do you know what I mean um just for being a black openly gay man mm. it's all manner of problems come along with that family friends identity religion religion yeah, potentially yeah. so <clears throat> So yeah, um, my advice would be don't feel rushed. Um, don't feel like you have to come out because someone might have found out, you know, uh, take your time. And, and when it happens, because you have to do it when you know, you'll just know like when you're ready to do it. And it's like jumping off the top board at Walthamstow pull and track. But once you do it, you'll realize that it's actually- you could just yeah, yeah do you know yeah. what i mean it's only water there yeah. and there's a, a huge support system friends if you don't have your family there friends if you don't have your friends family if you are you know in a relationship with someone there will always be someone there who's going to look out for you and, and 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 that's that's when you feel comfortable that's when you do it because if you'd asked me a week before i came out oh no if you met, asked me a week before i'd met ethan if i was going to come out to my parents, I would have said no, you know? And you know, there's quite good odds that I might not have been out now. I mean, I probably would have, but you know. But likely it would have been let reduced maybe. Chances yeah. are, you know, I might have just decided to not come out and carry on, you know, and no one would know. 
or people would know, but majority of people would know. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's definitely an issue. It's not a problem. I think that being in the closet is sometimes seen as a problem. Like if you're in the closet, you need to come out. Like there's no rush. You don't need to take your time and, and be comfortable and safe and feel safe when you're doing it. Because on the other side, it's it's lovely and it's nice. So I just had one more question, Lloyd, about you know mental health in particular in relation to you. Um, within the gay community, how, how do you find mental health is perceived, talked about, lived? I mean, I'm obviously very aware that what we mentioned previously about not everyone's coming out story being positive and that can lead to obviously perhaps long-term mental health issues like depression, anxiety of other life experiences. You know, what, what could you say about that subject in, if from your own lived experiences? Yeah, so it's interesting actually that point because um, in saying kind of like the gay community, um, that's probably a community that I'm part of, but I kind of underuse a little bit. Um, in what sense? In the sense that um, I kind of, I kind of a bit jealously as well. So I'm not jealous, maybe kind of in a kind of FOMO, fear of missing out way. Sometimes I hear about, um, you know, parts of the gay community and thing, and, and I think actually I, I should be a bit more involved. Like I should do um, some more things and I and I'm, would like to do more things. And maybe it's because like, you know, if I said to all of the boys, <laughs> let's go to heaven <laughs> for a night out, I've been there um, for a gig though, and it's great. Yeah, so yeah. And I'm also, no it's probably because like I I used to be quite uncomfortable in those places, but um, but now I'm a lot. You know, I'm I'm fine with those kind of things, and I'm sure the boys would love it. Actually, all that attention. Um, <laughs> but in terms of um, yeah, how mental health is perceived in the gay community, you know, I'm I'm probably not the best person to ask. But in terms of out of my own experience, I'd say that um more often than not people are carrying mental health issues um whether they are kind of explicit or um things that are kind of just ticking over in everyday life um and sometimes you might never know about them i think that the reality of um of being a gay male or female obviously the female experience is i have no idea what that's like but from the male perspective, it definitely does have an impact on your mental state because you are, you know, it's, it's not up to you. It's not a choice, you know, so, but so you also, all of these questions that come with it are, are, are going to be asked and you ask of yourself as well. I would say that um, the fact that you are brought up in a society where, you are being told that how you're living is wrong. It, it definitely shapes your mental health, you know, and how you process and deal with that. Um, it might be better for the better that we live somewhere that there is a, still a large group of people saying, no, that's all right. And that's accepted. But to know that you're in a world and a country and a society really that on are, are like, you know, by the numbers is probably still not backing There's you. So many countries that still 
homosexuality is illegal or punishable by 30 years in prison or you punishable know, by death. I mean, Brew didn't Brew Brunei, not recently yeah, do that? Definitely. So. But, you know, but even on the, on a much smaller scale of just feeling like it's acceptable in a, in a society, you know, um, they that they're definitely trigger points in in the mental health spectrum. Do you know what I mean? In in the same way that um, I'm sure anyone who's discriminated has to. If you're being bullied, you are trying to somehow make sense of why it's happening, right? It's because you're having the internal conversation with yourself. So if you was being bullied, you would be trying, like, as a detective, to work out why it is that you're being bullied. Yeah, that's what I did. So I tried to figure out oh, what, what is the reason for my yeah, exactly. being bullied. Like, exactly. is it my fault and all yeah, this sort of stuff? Yeah, then you start yeah. thinking, you know, something must be wrong with me then because what, you know, I sh this is happening. Mm. It's a reality. So the reality is, is that you're being bullied or the reality is that you live in a society that is labeling you as some a freak or not right or disgusting even sometimes do you know what i mean mm. so <clears throat> that definitely definitely has an impact on your mental health saying that personally i'm like fortunate enough to n to not have fallen into um <clears throat> A, a mental state where I've been particularly back down for any kind of long period of time. I think that, um, like we were discussing before we started, that um, from my life experience, I, before I met, before I was with someone who actually suffered from mental health issues, I was one of those people that really didn't understand it at all either. You know, I I was the guy who would say, you know, just smile, cheer up. Um, you've got great friends, like, you know, mm. or I would say, you know, we've had this brilliant day out, you know, mm. or I've done all of this, put all of this effort into making this a really special thing. How can you still be sad is mm. the kind of questions that you're asking yourself. Um, or like, am I not doing the right things here? Mm. This should be making you happy. So I think that my learning curve <clears throat> was being with someone who had mental health issues. Um, and did you begin to see how those questions would be stigmatizing or yeah, you or start triggering to realize stuff? that that, that it, it doesn't. None of that external stuff actually matters. What matters is that the person is thinking like this or is feeling like this. Doesn't they could be a millionaire, you know, mm. and, and 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 still be depressed and have lots of things that maybe materialistically you would want, but they could be clinically depressed 100% and be really unhappy, you know, to the point of thinking things that, that someone who is fortunate enough to be in a position like me would, would be horrified if you had to think those things. And I think the things that, especially with things like depression, that separates um, someone who doesn't have, uh, uh, hasn't been diagnosed with uh, depression um, to someone who has is that, you know, everyone gets depressed, literally every Yeah, everyone being. can be sad. Yeah, everyone can it's be sad. It's not even just being like sad. Like, you can really be depressed about something. You can think, oh, fuck, like, you know, everything can fall apart because of a certain event or some, you think something's really going to go wrong. The difference between someone who has depression and, and, and me, for example, is that I can get myself out of that hole or out of that mood on my own without any assistance mm. or with a, a little bit of assistance from people who I support, like trust or support me. So in that same way, you know, like 
if you're someone who is depressed, you shouldn't feel like what you're thinking or feeling is extraordinary or like really like so bad that you can never get over it or any of these things. It's just that like you might not be as good at get, or you might not have the tools yet to pull yourself out of that on your own, you know. But I do, I I'm, was a firm believer um, and still am really that, it's support systems that help people through yeah, things like that. So. And that could be medication as a support system. It could be friends. It, it could can be, be, yeah. It could be external tools that like exercise or, or yeah. reading. Yeah, about any of those things. Yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah. It can be those things as well, definitely. Um, but, you know, being in a relationship with someone who had mental health meant that, you know, I mean, I came into that relationship knowing nothing about it. I'm in a relationship where, um, you know, my partner is taking... Uh, antidepressants that was a foreign thing to me like the thought of having to take pills every day for your your mood was foreign and mm -hmm. I thought my god like what and and goal number one was like let's get off that mm -hmm. you know because uh, there are tons of side effects about, about having those medications I'm not saying that people should come off them they definitely are needed at some points mm -hmm. but I think that there is probably like it's probably easier for someone to prescribe you some pills mm. than to prescribe you some support systems mm. because like it's hard for a doctor to put that in place. Do you know what I mean? Did you come to that realization, you know, after a time that, you know, you know everyone has their own uh, niche, everyone has their own individual um, need and preference and that actually some people might be on a very severe spectrum and yeah. would need medication yeah. but just to be at a balanced level every That's day. That's true. That 100% yeah. ha happens. But I kind of took it on like, a, maybe arrogantly as a challenge, you know. I thought, I'm I'm going to be your antidepressant. Mm. I thought, you know, you shouldn't be dependent on these pills. I'm going to do that for mm. that job for you. So I'm going to take on that responsibility. And, um, you know, that, that became something that you know it wasn't a chore or like when you're in a relationship with someone and 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 you know the because of how you feel about them you're you would you would do pretty much anything you can for them do you know what i mean so that wasn't a chore or anything i was you know it's just i'll take it on but i will definitely came up against it sometimes at points where i was way out of my depth you know and i didn't know anything about it like or how to deal with it and sometimes you know i really didn't understand it still you did know you, when, you, when you didn't did you sort of ask that person did you say mm. how can i i've seen i've seen you're struggling recently how can i help you let me know what i can do to support you, know, you sometimes it would be it would it would be like sometimes it could be incredibly draining you know because you kind of <clears throat> You kind of have to be able to make yourself happy, but also make someone else happy. You're putting like a lot of the effort into holding someone else up whilst trying. To, it's like treading and that water. That is hard. Then that is hard. It's for like people. treading yeah. water whilst yeah. holding someone up mm. in the water. You know, and you and and they can quite easily sink. And 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 you could think like, well, I'm just I, like I might drown as well. So I'm just gonna let. I have to let go of them yeah. so that I don't drown. You know, you can think that, mm. or you can kick a little bit harder and mm. try and try something else out. Um, so yeah, I found myself treading water. Um, you know, on some occasions, but nothing, nothing too like, you know, I just feel like it's definitely something that probably does crop up in the gay community a, a hell of a lot. And, and especially, 
you know, if you're from any other minority as well, on top of that, adds another layer and, and, and that the impact on mental health, you know, it's probably not because you are gay. Do you know what I mean? It's probably, it's too complex to, to put down to just one thing. So like it's not that. monolithic. It's not like this no, is the sole I, reason. Well, yeah. I don't think so. I'm not very, I'm, I'm not very well versed on it, to be honest, Fred. <laughs> you're like, you're much better than me, which is why I was interested in, in, in common but on this is it's been good to have it. your have you, have you your know, insight on this though, right? and and you know i don't want to just talk about other people's um experiences um but they're ones that i have lived through so mm. you know being in a relationship with someone who has depression or bipolar or, or, or who have like a manic tendencies you know mm. that is odd that's a that's a new that's a trip you know if someone's manic in the same way that you can be incredibly sad and down one day, you can be on these incredible highs, you yeah. know, of excitement and of overjoyed. And you think, yeah, well, let's write a book yeah. and let's and do all of these things. And it's a real yeah. massive swing on a pendulum, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and then, so to be with someone who's swinging like that um, is exhausting, mm -hmm. you know, uh, at points, but also like one hell of a trip, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I learned, a lot you know and my respect for this is why you know without any question i'll come and support any of your things and because i Thanks, know man. you know i know that from experience I, I i haven't even suffered it from myself you know but i know from being around it you know on multiple occasions that it's quite a serious thing that needs to be understood much more because i like you know i consider myself quite well versed on general knowledge or on like social standings interactions and stuff but i was clueless absolutely clueless when i came into that first relationship and and, and you know and, and who's there to train you now the next topic is one that i briefly touched upon in your intro lloyd um which is traveling now you've just come back from a long period well i'd say a long period maybe like a what well, how long was it two six months two years, two years? Yeah. jesus yeah Wow. Okay. That was, I was That's way off. That, really. Um, when you graduated from university, mm. what, what made you decide that you wanted to embark on that journey? Oh, I always knew I was going. Oh away. really? Yeah, 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 yeah. From the moment that I had three channels when I was little on my cable on our TV, I had discovery channel, animal planet, and Cartoon Network, and that's that's all. the best that's choice. That's what shaped me as a human being. Kids Next Door and Nature Genuinely, Documentaries. I didn't yeah. have a teddy bear when I was younger. I had like um, a Godzilla puppet. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like I was that weird kid. I wanted to be Steve Irwin. Um, wow. So I knew that these exotic places existed uh, with lots of na uh, nature. Is my first love mm. and animals and wildlife and all that stuff. So I knew I was going. Yeah, straight away. Was it was it a tough decision to leave your roots and support networks behind, or or was it something that you know you you came to fairly easily? It was fairly easy because I decided rather than leave behind my support networks that I would um, take two of them with me. Oh right. So Dan and Will, um, two of my best friends, came along with me for the first five months. So. You know, I, I wasn't really going away on my own anyway. I wasn't, I mean, I was embarking on an adventure, but we had gone away in Europe and and around England uh, a lot already and um, fancied myself as a bit of an explorer already. So yeah, I was rearing to go. Would you have, would you have still gone if you were going on your own? Yeah, so they yeah. left and then us, so they were only with me for five months. So five months of that, that um, 
that time that I was away, I was with them. But, you know, the 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 trick of traveling on your own is that you've, you're not really ever on your own. At some point, you get to, a, you know, you, you have to be quite, you have to work quite hard to get on your own mm. sometimes because you're always with people. You like everyone else is there doing the same thing. Same as like saying going to uni on your own, you know, it takes you a couple of days or a week or something. And then you're surrounded by people, you know, anyway, mm. because you get to know them. So, um, yeah, traveling on your own is a really interesting experience, definitely. But I had the grace of having uh, the best of both worlds. Okay. And I think I think for a lot of people who see their friends go off on traveling, mm-hmm. I think sometimes they, 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 well, they do see it as a once in a lifetime thing for them. And I mm-hmm. think I'm sure they're very supportive. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of the time people obviously, they only see the Instagram filters. They only see the waterfall pictures. They only see, oh, I'm in Bali right now with these amazing group of new people that I've met. Uh-huh. I'm having such an amazing time. Mm-hmm. Um, for for some of the listeners who, who may be thinking about going traveling, could you give them more of an insight into the reality behind it and not yeah. the portrayal that people might pers- yeah. put out there? Yeah, definitely. The reality is that, um, the reality is really, really, that it is very nice (laughs) and it's lovely and it's like it is quite heavenly because um because you are completely free um you know you've saved up x amount of money uh you're going to a place where that money will is multiplied by x amount because of the country you're in you wake up every morning and you decide i want to um, do this today and then you look around for someone to ask and you realize you only have to ask yourself and you do that that day and you stay there for that amount of time um, and 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 yeah so I know what you're I know what you mean is that like you know the social media aspect of traveling sometimes definitely I, I think that that is maybe something that is not um, exclusive to traveling that, that people are keen nowadays to have an image of themselves, almost like your Instagram is your kind of personal advert. You know, I think it's a lot more important nowadays than people's LinkedIn page. Um, it's kind of seen in the same manner. Um, a kind of social, personal, almost Black Mirror-esque online CV, visual CV of your life, how much you can have fun, who you know and where you've been. Um, that's definitely true and yeah i probably come under the umbrella as well of that kind of person um you know i took maybe thirty thousand photos while i was away so lucky enough not, there's nothing wrong with that not there's get, nothing wrong with that no not to get all of them on on the insta more of them were you know places that i thought were nice and yeah my mug is probably in quite a few of them as well but i'd say that for people going traveling um, you know, just it's 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 one of those moments in your life that you'll never be as free as that again. And that real life at home doesn't change that much. You can be away for two years, five years. Realistically, nothing changes once you get back. So, you know, don't be rushed and and just again be be comfortable. Same as what you're wearing. You know, mm. how, how did you how did you cope when? 
things perhaps weren't going so well in being away from your parents and, and obviously you had you had Dan and Will yeah, with you so but you didn't have your whole entire social network no, or your no. whole entire family I'd say that yeah the, the thing about after Dan and Will left I do remember that the day that Dan left I was I marched him down the pier Will had already gone thank god and uh, I marched him <laughs> down sorry the, Will kill Will and uh, I marched him down the pier and I watched the boat go off to the horizon and I kind of turned around and, and walked back to the beach and thought, right, now what? You know, sort of like in Finding Nemo when they escape out of the uh, aquarium. Yeah, it was kind of like, a, Spoiler what alert. the hell do I do now? And then, you know, I sat on the beach for a bit and went went swimming for a little bit, came back and looked at my... Oh, the easy life, went yeah. swimming, you know. Yeah, but no, but I mean, in my mind, I was thinking, you know, this has been hours now, what should mm. I do now? And I got back and looked at my phone, it had been... 15 minutes and I was thinking and then I suddenly was, could still see the boat and I thought fuck I'm going to book my <laughs> ticket for the next boat like Dan come take me back like what am I doing here I don't like it I don't want to talk to any other people mm. like I only like my friends like mm. what am I doing here on my own like this was a stupid idea mm. like why did I think that I was going to what am I going to do now like who am I even going to talk no one's going to get me understand me here and you know, I had that whole moment there, and and I thought, fuck, what am I gonna do? I'm on this like island, ages away from anywhere. I don't want to talk to anyone. I went to have dinner on my own that night, sitting on your own, ordering dinner, and having no one to talk to after having your best friends for five months was odd. And I thought, I completely misjudged this. I've fucked it up. Like, how? What am I gonna do? Um, not. So in a kind of panic moment, but in a kind of quite logical and realistic, like, how am I going to enjoy myself here? Next day, I decided on a last ditch attempt to walk to the other side of the island. Like it took a long time and got over to the other side. And within like an hour, a lot of weird events happened in in a string of, of like weird coincidences, like they always do. And, you know, I sat on a rock and a guy, I hear a voice behind me say, hey, do you want some iced tea? I just made it. And I turn around and there's this American guy holding this jar, like jam jar of iced tea. And so, and then I was not on my own again for the entire rest of the trip. And those people are are some of my closest friends now that I still have, that I met away. And I lived in that, on that island, that place that I thought I hated, you know, then on the other side found this secret place and and nestled in there and lived there for like two months and came back to there even so and, and had a real family you know and so went straight from the my only moment of being alone was that that one night and and suddenly i was i was like laughing at myself the day before thinking what was that this is the best thing ever this is the best i'm free i don't have to do any like i can look at something and say i'm gonna go over there and you go over there you know you can say who wants to come with me or if you i'm gonna go on my own or do you know what i mean you are, are completely in charge of all aspects of your life and it's completely liberating it's beautiful it's so nice and you choose the people that you're with you know and you build these new groups of friends and new families and they're constantly changing because of people are coming in and out and visiting and not visiting and then you go to the next place you might be lucky enough to meet up with those people again somewhere else beautiful all to the backdrop of some of the most beautiful things for me because it's nature all with that as the background so so yeah there's there's bad points 
but they're not really bad points. The bad points are just challenges and, 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 and interesting things that it's like how you deal with them really is, is the interesting bit. But you know, some, even if you've lost everything that you had, I don't know what could go wrong. Maybe you like lose your passport or, um, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's not as, um, it's not as scary as people think. And it's actually really nice. You know, <laughs> you love it, Fred. Do you know what it is, right? So, so for me, um, I, I would always be up for going with a group of people and being yeah. like, cool, I'm going to go there and have a great time and yeah. go to some other foreign exotic place. Mm-hmm. If someone said to me, go on your own to a foreign country, you don't mm. know you don't know anyone when you get there. Yeah. You've got to be, yeah. I mean, I'm quite an extroverted person. I love chatting to people. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, you always get so bit of social anxiety about people you don't Definitely, know. Definitely. If I go to somewhere, I have no idea. I'm the worst. Like I don't that. know the language. Yeah. I don't know the cuisine. I don't know how to order anything yeah. when I get there. Or I will, and if somebody goes, like, my phone crashes, I'll be like, oh, I'm literally going to yeah. die. Or sometimes you look up and you think, I don't like any of you anyway. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It might not even be that there aren't people there. There might be loads of people there who might think, I don't like any of you. And you're like, well, I've just and paid this okay. amount of money and I've yeah, quit my yeah. job and uh, maybe yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. But the likelihood is that there's always oh, someone oh, else yeah. that, that it shares your same thing. You know, Basil, it, my another one of my real close friends, he's just left to go to South America. And he left on his own. So it's a different experience for me. I'd had five months of getting to know what it is like to socially interact with someone that you didn't know pretty quick. Um, <clears throat> Baz went off, you know, and, 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 and he was nervous, like he should be, completely normal. And I said, that's normal, Baz. You know, you're just going to go somewhere new and there will be people there, you know, and it might take a day, it might take a week, you know. You might get to the end of the week and think, I'm coming back. You know, I don't like it. But... You know, as predicted, few days in, I, I, I message him, I ring him up. First, oh yeah, you know, kind of weird being on a hostel with, with people I don't know, blah, blah. I said, just keep doing things that you like. First, you have to learn how to enjoy your own company. That's the key. Once you can enjoy your own company, then, and, and work out, it's, it's the hard bit is working out like what it is you want to do. Once you're okay with that and you start enjoying that, naturally the people who you're going to join find along the way are people that are doing the same things that you would like to do so they're the similar kind of people do you know what i mean if you just wake up one morning and decide you want to do this on your own and go out trekking somewhere and then along the way someone else is trekking the likelihood is that you're quite similar people or you have something to to where you relate do you know what i mean so you'll find that it's it's hard after you make that jump it's actually it's the opposite to be on your own is is uh is harder work than to 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 not be with people that you've just met definitely but in terms of support systems and leaving those behind i don't think you can like a bar i mean if you're someone of that inclination that you miss people from home i miss my friends you know i i missed my family definitely but i missed I hated being in a beautiful moment, a beautiful spot. Let's say like sunset somewhere amazing and it looks silly and you think, am I hallucinating more than I should be normally? And, uh, you know, the, the, the moment that you miss people, you think, I wish I was with people to sh- that I need to share this moment with because you know you're going to come home and no one will know what that was like. No picture will show it off, you know. That's the bit where you miss people. But realistically, 
what about voice notes on WhatsApp? I used to leave voice notes on WhatsApp yeah. to people, you know, walking to somewhere. That's a good thing to do. That's a kind of therapy for me. Well, I don't write, I didn't write a diary or anything. If I was walking on the way to somewhere, I'd voice note to someone back at home and say, this is where I am, what I'm doing and, and how's everything going? And it's like the same way that, you know, ringing someone and being in contact with them you know, the hours might be different if you're on the other side of the planet, but if you send them a voice note, they're right there in the room with you and you can listen to it whenever you want. And realistically, even if you're in Australia, you can get back to England in 24 hours, you know, or at most 48 hours. If there was an emergency, you could get home pretty quickly. So this is, it. I think that it's kind of, um, you're never really that far away from anyone anymore because of where how we live now, modern humans. But, so so don't worry about it yeah just enjoy it go get away i recommend it to everyone i don't care what you're doing if you're in a job and you're starting to not like it and you think fuck how can i get out of my job like i can't quit my job nothing more well you know you got a job in the first place and you didn't have anything before that so like the the, the people are very scared to change and 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 uh the social security is a big motivator right now for people who get stuck in the cogs of a big machine like london or or normal life having a job and having rent and having more responsibilities. But what I would say is, you know, I met plenty of people who were 30, 35 that said, fuck, I wish I'd done it 10 years ago. That was the moment I should have done it. And you can keep doing it forever. You know, you can, you can, you can go away whenever that hits you, but um, don't be afraid of it and, and, and get out there and explore because you'll find a hell of a lot of things. So finally, what I like to do with every guest on the pod, Lloyd, is talk about our mental health. But I thought I'd switch it up a little bit for this one and we'll do a quick fire lightning round, right? You good, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So what I'll do is I'll ask you a, couple, a few questions uh-huh. and you've got maximum 20 seconds okay. to answer each one, yeah? All right. Do you want me to kick off? Let's do okay, it. Okay, so first of all, how is your mental health at the moment? Great. Very happy and uh, all good there. Good to report. I'm not going to time you, by the way. So we'll just, we'll <laughs> just assume it's 20 seconds. Bring it yeah. on. Ding. Okay. Um, do, you, do you have any mental health issues that you live with in your life? And if so, what are they? I think that if you gave me a list of mental health um, issues, I could probably maybe kind of pick a few. But because I'm, you know, I, I've, I've never had those sort of issues... Um, and I kind of deal with them internally, then probably nothing really of that's that that bad. That's a good enough answer. I think it's important for us to say that um, if you do think that you have any sort of mental health issue or you're struggling, please go see your doctor. Please go see your local GP. Mm -hmm. Don't Google it. (laughs) For the love of God, don't Google it. That's just the worst. That's just the worst thing you could do. Right. Next question. Um, What tools and methods do you use in your own life to improve your mental health or help you feel better? Which ones have worked and which ones that haven't? I think that uh, regular exercise, that's mm-hmm. basically a therapy. Um, spending time with your friends, chatting with your friends, doesn't even have to be about mental health. Just socialise mm-hmm. with people. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know, eat well and be happy. <laughs> that's good enough. <laughs> right, next one. How do you support friends in your own social group who may have mental health issues themselves? We try and, um, as a group, kind of collectively scoop them up and right. uh, and lift them high and hold them 
uh, as high as we can in all things that we do involve them, but you know, but without it being an obvious thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, I like to think that we're quietly conscious of those people and, and we all put a shift in because that's what you gotta do. That's what you gotta do, mate. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if you had to change or improve one thing mm. for everyone living with mental health issues, what would it be? And that could be anything. I think that in society. I would, I would change, um, I would change uh, the education system on it, or I Amazing would change the answer. awareness. You know, I I think that um, you'll hear that a lot in the in the conversations about mental health is that raise awareness, raise awareness. Mm. But um, I really do think that that is the first port of call. We mm. need to get this podcast out to as many people as possible. <laughs> Thanks, man. Fred. You can <laughs> fly the flag high. Seriously, I'll try my best, we need man. it. I'll try my best. That's it. Okay, next question. How do you feel you are adjusting to life back in Blighty? Oh, God. I'm enjoying it. I love being back on days like this with good weather. Uh, It's easy to feel like this with good friends all around. But real life comes with real job and real responsibilities. And my God. Chuck a comic book reference in there for good. I like that. Going from zero responsibilities to full-time work. Um is is uh new <laughs> what's the hardest thing you found challenging about that uh the hardest thing is um trying to allocate time to yourself um and not bring your work home with you mm. um i feel like a lot of employers um maybe expect you to bring work home with you mm. um it's not even an issue of pay <laughs> it's mm. like of getting paid when you're home mm. it's more of an issue of um, you know, when you leave the office, you should leave your st- any stress or any responsibilities, not anything silly, you know, but um, you should be able to enjoy your own social time. And then I've got one more question. What milestones or objectives have you set yourself for the next period oh, of Oh, that is a good one. Um, okay. Oh, God, that is putting me on the spot. Yeah, I know, mate. Secret, I, know. I snuck it out. I thought that one just now. Um, uh, so objectives is, um, you know, stay nice, fit and healthy for this, for, for through the summer. And, and while I'm back eating well, um, another objective is spend a lot of time with the people that I miss most while I was away. I take advantage of the beautiful city of London, best city on the planet. Um, and, um, be a little bit more confident in my own creative abilities and try and get some things done that I want to work on. Amazing. I think that's all the questions I had in that lightning round. So thank you. Thank you for that. Those great set of answers. We must have gone over 20 seconds of bit here and there, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a strict judge. I'm not a strict judge. I'm not, I'm not Les Dennis on Family Fortunes. Don't worry. Well, I think that's pretty much all we've got time for on this edition of the Just Checking In podcast. Lloyd, Thank you so much, mate, for being my special guest on this edition's pod. Thank you, Fred. It's been an absolute pleasure. Mate, the privilege is all mine because we have (laughs) chatted for a long time and I think I've enjoyed every single minute of it. Um, This one was no different to the rest of my podcasts. It's always been an amazing conversation and hopefully you can come back for another edition in a chinwag. I would love that. Um, that. As always, thank you to all the venters who've tuned in and stayed to the end. Uh, Remember, if you like what you heard, Please give this a share on all the usual social media channels. Tell your friends or work colleagues about it. And if you're feeling really, really generous, give us, give us a review on iTunes. We hope to check in with you again very soon. And remember, it's always okay to vent.
intensely fanatical, but nothing problematical. It's strange, strange.